Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Often when we talk about diversity, when we talk about being a welcoming congregation, we talk about the outsides of folks. We're talking about welcoming in people with different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different uh, walks of life. But you know, the author that we're using this month, Mary O'Malley, has a theory that a lot of what we see on the outside is a projection of what's going on on the inside. And so today I'd actually like to talk about internal diversity. What's going on in our own heads? You know, you've heard a couple people already mention today that um, if we want to change our life, we have to change our thinking. But how many of us actually know what's going on in our own heads? <laughs> That's the question that I have for us. When we first started with this book, she implied, well, and it's probably true, that a lot of the time we go through life pretty much on autopilot. She's called it being asleep. And, and to me, that is the idea that we're not really sure what the vibe we're putting out is. If we, if we expect to have returned to us, the source of who we are, the flavor of who we are, if that's going to be coming back to us, I guess we better figure out what it is. And so today I want to talk about the diversity of our internal life and that perhaps part of the trouble we're seeing in the world right now, everything from trouble in the Ukraine to uh, global warming and some of the issues that we humans have created upon ourselves, what if that is simply a reflection of what's going on in our own heads and we're not even all that aware about it. So today I want to take two subjects in particular. One is our emotions and the other piece of it is our storytellers. Reverend Marilyn introduced us to the idea of the storytellers that are going on in our heads a few weeks back and I want to touch upon that and expand upon it. But first, emotions. So how many of us here think that we're pretty in tune with our emotions, have a good self-awareness of our emotions. Yeah, exactly. In fact, they did a study in 2018, 90% of people feel that they're relatively self-aware, that they know what's going on in their emotional and mental life. And so Tasha Urich at the University in the Midwest did a study to see if it was true, to see if people really did know what was going on in their heads. And she had a, a lovely set of questionnaires that she gave to over 5,000 participants that asked questions like, what emotion do you find most awkward in your life and what's the source of it? And questions like that. Guess what she discovered? That 90 plus percent of the people that thought they had a good handle on their mental and emotional life, actually only 15% of them <laughs> were actually aware of what was going on in their emotional and mental life. And so even though we think we have an idea of what's going on in here, so very, very often we don't. I want to start with emotions, and of course I've managed to find a nice joke about emotional depth. So one night, a wife found her husband standing over their baby's crib. Silently she watched him. He stood gazing down at the sleeping infant, and she saw on his face a mixture of such deep emotions, disbelief, doubt, delight, amazement, 
enchantment, skepticism, enthusiasm, ultimately joy. Touched by this unusual display on the part of her husband and the emotional depth that it showed, with eyes glistening, she slipped her arm around her husband's waist and said, Beautiful, huh? Stunning, he replied. I just don't see how anyone can make a new crib like that for less than $200. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want to ask you, are you aware of the emotions that you have most frequently? What we're learning is that our thoughts and our emotions are a signpost, a gateway into improvement. Now, oftentimes I think we're trained, and and I, I would especially say it's true for young men, but I think it's true fairly universally in America. We're trained to put our emotions aside. It's like anger is not an okay thing to share with people. Being upset is probably not okay. It implies violence. Being sad or or having an aspect of sad, we're a little ashamed of that. We don't want to share that with everybody. I should be having a better time. I should be better doing. I should be in better control of my emotions. And so we tend not to speak about our emotions, but that has the negative effect for most of us too, that we begin to discount them in our own selves. We begin to, to not notice them even when they happen in us. And the trouble with that, when we back away from our emotions, it's not like they really go away. At almost a cellular level, they begin building up in our bodies and we'll find ourselves with odd tensions in our back or that pit of the stomach feeling, right? It's almost as though the emotions themselves are not to be denied. And so if we don't address them, they start coming out sideways. Have you ever known someone that had emotions clearly out of control, someone doing road rage or or someone who blows their stack for something fairly minor. Typically, that is because they have unaddressed emotional issues that have been uh, suppressed or, or ignored. And it was that proverbial last straw that they blew their talk. But really, if when emotions arise, we allow ourselves to feel them and even begin asking them questions, One of the things we've been discovering is that when we're curious about our interior life, often it will lead to healing. And so we can do the same thing with our emotions. And Mary O'Malley brings up an interesting technique. She calls it, I see you and I know you. The first way that we can address emotions, of course, is to be aware of them. And that's the I see you part of it. She advocates the idea of just noticing your emotions. Don't, don't have them and let them pass or not have them by suppressing them, but rather have them and acknowledge their existence. I see you, anger. I see you, sadness. I see you, unhappiness. I see you, pain. I see you, difficulty. The first step towards addressing some of these long-seated issues that are going around in us, of course, is to recognize them. And then she would say, let's invite them to the party. Rather than backing away from them, right? All are welcome here. Let's see what it has to say. So we might say to ourselves something like, all right, anger, I see you. 
and I want to get to know you. So that's the second part. I see you, and then over time, I know you. And the I know you part of it is, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're made up with. I know your history. And I know how I can help you to be expressed in a healthy way. And I'd like to use an example of a friend of mine. I mentioned earlier the idea of road rage, and I have to say, my best friend for many, many, many years, Ed, was, uh, well, let's just say you probably didn't want to be in the car with him. He, he was a lovely guy, and we used to go on road trips together. And, and after we'd been on a couple, I said, I'm just driving from now on. Because what would happen if anything untoward happened, like if someone cut him off, or do you know how sometimes people will pass you and then kind of pull in too close, almost to say, you were going slow, take this kind of thing. Oh my gosh, he'd like turn purple. And then he would start doing things that I thought were a little dangerous. You know, he would, he would like go right up to their bumper as if to say, I can go fast too, you idiot kind of thing, right? And so after a while, I just said, you know, I, I should probably do the driving. But I wanted to explore this a little. And what I recognized was his emotions were out of context, out of severity, out of sync with really what was happening, right? This would be a minor little thing happening on the freeway. And yet in him, it would cause a big emotional impact. And so I was really curious. And I said, obviously, you're mad when that happens. But what's going on? What, what does it remind you of? Or, or why in particular does that seem to be upset? And so without realizing it, I was following Mary O'Malley here, right? It was like, first I see you, <laughs> and now I want to learn about you. I want to invite you to the table. I want to find out more about you. I'm not going to back away. We're going to examine this thing. And after some quizzing a little bit, some curiosity, he said, well, it reminds me of when I was in high school. I was never very good at sports. One of the things I tried out for was track. And people used to make fun of me for not being able to run fast enough. And he said, you know, I, I realize this doesn't seem to be connected at all, but when someone passes me and cuts me off, it's like I'm 14 years old again and everyone's telling me I'm a failure. He said, I used to come home from school, and his father was an athlete. And so he would get a fair amount of flack at home, too, for not making the team or not being good enough. And he said, when I'm on the road and something like that happens, I'm 14 years old again and being told I'm not good enough. And you know what was interesting? Just that awareness, just that I see you, and now I understand you, helped him an amazing amount. Because when he would feel that anger coming on, he could recognize, wait a minute, this isn't so much about that person in the car that just did that thing. This is about not being acknowledged maybe by my father when I was 14. This is about maybe being fun of with some of the other kids on the track team. And he said it really made all the difference. 
And so I'd like to offer this technique up for you all with emotions. The first part of it is, I see you. We have to notice when we're having an emotion in order to address it. And that was one of the things in that survey from the Midwest was that most people, the emotion comes through them, you know, like a three-day set of measles. It, it just hits you and there's, there's not even an acknowledgement of it because you're so taken up with the power of the anger or the, the fear or the sadness or whatever it is that you're not even aware it's happening even though you're deep in the middle of it. So one of the things, and we'll get into our homework for this week a little bit. You know I like to assign homework. For those of you that have uh, watches or, or maybe a cell phone, set a timer for maybe every few hours just to check in and it will remind you to do the I see you. Because what I'm guessing is if you set your watch for, I don't know, every three hours, at least once during the day, it's going to catch you in the middle of a strong emotion. Either sadness, upset, or, or something will be going on worth your noticing. So then you can say, I see you. There you are, sadness. There you are, worry. And then you can begin to get to know it a little bit. You can begin to ask it some of those questions that we've been talking about the last few weeks. Sadness, why are you here now? Sadness, is there some message that you want to give me? Why now? What's going on right now? Is it a echo from the past of a time when I felt lost in the past? Is this reminding me something from yesterday? Is my sadness or my anger or my upset, is it in actual proportion to what just happened? And if the answer is no to that one, you can bet it's an echo from the past, that something happened in your past that this is reminding you of. And then you can begin going from I see you to I understand you. And when we understand a thing, that's where the healing takes place. That's where we can be gentle with ourselves. We can say, well, of course you were mad. It reminded you of being neglected as a teenager. Well, of course you're sad. It reminded you of when you felt abandoned, when your parents divorced. We can begin treating ourselves with the, the love and the respect that we're due. So the idea, right, it's I see you, and then after a while, I know you. And the process of getting from I see you to I know you is simply asking a few questions. What are you here to teach me? What are you here as a reminder of? What's the source of you? Above all, I would say, recognizing that all of these things that are causing these emotions, they're not bad. It's all right to feel shame. It's all right to feel sadness. It's all right to feel all of the emotions. They're all here for a purpose. And one of the key purposes is self-awareness. To take us from that 15% of people that are self-aware, let's raise that bar a little bit. Let's begin understanding more of the amazing people that we are through this simple inward journey of self-exploration.
The other thing that she talks about in the material for this week is our storytellers. I know it sounds a bit schizophrenic, but have you ever thought about all the different voices that are going on in your head? And many of them are pretty easy to uh, identify. I know the easy ones for me to identify are, are my little boy voice in my head that wants to have fun and so often <laughs> finds itself in situations where having fun maybe just wouldn't be appropriate. And and so there's that little boy that just wants to, you know, end the Zoom call and go out in the yard and play. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That little boy that would ditch work or do something like that. It's a little playful voice. And yet oftentimes what? It has to be put on the back burner. There's also um, the part of me, and I think of it as the college student part of me, that harkens back to the days when really all I had to do was explore wisdom. And oh my gosh, it gets me intrigued. It gets my curiosity and it gets my interest in, in new things. But of course, the trouble with that little voice, all these voices have their plus sides and their minus sides. That little voice, unfortunately, would get me sidetracked down a rabbit hole of trying out new stuff and neglecting all the other stuff that I need to do. There's also a little voice that really is the best minister in the world, I gotta tell ya. He really is, and I like to bring him forth as often as I can. Oh my gosh, he's caring and smart and and intuitive with people that comes to him with problems. Oh my gosh. And at the same day, that person can feel so overwhelmed, right? And so I have all of these, well, and everyone does, right? I'm not actually schizophrenic. All of us have those different players in our own mind, and they're all telling us a variety of different stories. It's actually a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's almost like you've invited a a whole family of intelligent beings into your life to bring about something wonderful, something varied, something that isn't just plain and vanilla. There's always something different available. The different voices can find their perfect time to speak. But the trouble with it is, oftentimes those voices get on the negative track, that negative aspect of themselves. And so I'd like to suggest in the same way that we did I see you and I understand you to our emotions we can also do them with those storytellers going on in our head. So when the storyteller says something like, oh my gosh, this seems a bit dangerous. I'm not sure that I can trust her anymore. It's okay to begin saying, I see you. That's that fear of strangers. I see you. That's the voice of caution. And does that voice of caution have a place right now? Right? I mean, stranger danger was real useful when I was seven. Is stranger danger still useful now that I'm 50? And there might be an answer sometimes when it's, yeah, absolutely. But other times, maybe not so much. It's okay to ask the question. Is this message, is this voice useful? I see you and I understand where you're coming from. There was a time in your past when this voice of caution, this voice of fear, this voice of trouble would have been very useful. And is it useful now? 
Or can you simply say, I understand where you're coming from. That's the 12-year-old part of yourself that was left behind without a babysitter and told to absolutely not come to the door or answer the telephone. That's where that comes from. I see you and I understand you. Thanks for the warning. But you know what? I think I'm really pretty safe right now. So today we have learned a couple interesting things. One, we have learned that we're probably not as emotionally aware as maybe we thought we were. Over 90% of us think we're really self-aware. In reality, it's probably more like 10 or 15% of us are self-aware. And we can do something about it through a simple process of, I see you and I understand you. The I see you starts out with just recognizing. I'm recognizing that little boy in me that wants to play right now, and probably right now isn't a good time to let him out. And it's okay, I see you, I understand you, there will be a time for play, I love you, right? But for right now, it's the Zoom call, and all will be well. And we've also learned to do the same thing with emotions, that next time you just feel outraged around something, ask yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on here? I see you, you're outraged. Where does that rage come from? Is it from a time in the past when someone did something that was so outrageous you could never trust them again? Is the feeling of outrage actually commiserate with what just happened? Or is this leftovers? Is this emotional leftovers? Uh, who here in restaurants, when you order too much, you put it in a to-go bag, right? I absolutely believe that we have emotional leftovers too. And we take them home and we put them in our refrigerator. And then sadly, like seven months later, <laughs> we pull them out and go, yikes, I am so furious, right? That's an emotional leftover from something that happened a long time ago. And you shouldn't be eating it anymore, right? It's been in the refrigerator way too long. But we have to recognize that I see you for what you are. You're a leftover emotion. And I know where you're coming from. It was from that restaurant I went six months ago. It was from that painful experience that happened to me in high school. It was from that first breakup I had with my first wife. Whatever it is, we, we see it and we begin to know it. And how do we do that? By inviting it in. By saying all are welcome here. The fear is welcome here too. The upset is welcome here too. The flashback to something that un unpleasant that happened long ago, it's actually welcome here because it's a signpost towards healing. Well, I want to close today with a quote from the book, A Course and a Prayer. Here's how she ends this chapter. She says, the amazingly wonderful thing is that the storytellers in our head, with all of its fears, judgments, resistances, doubts, confusions, shame, and addiction to control, it's here to teach us about living a full life, starting today. Remember, the freedom that you're ready for doesn't come from changing anything outwardly. It comes from the ability to see and to be what is inside you right now. 
When you are caught in your mind, of course, you try to fix and change and get away from whatever you're experiencing. But when you begin to open your heart to the same circumstances, you discover the healing of not resisting what you are experiencing. This discovery will bring you to the phenomenal healing power of recognizing that all, all of you, is welcome here. Let us pray. There is one power, one life, one joy, one healing presence. There is only this one thing. I choose to call it God or Spirit. And what I know about it is that it is everything. All the love, all the life, all the joy, all the peace, all that we could ever choose or, or wish, present in the mind and the Spirit of God. I know that means me. I know that means everyone. Each of us has that capacity of the, the inward journey of using our intelligence to ask a few simple questions as we recognize our emotions, as we recognize the storytellers. I see you. I know you. I gently hold you. And I simply invite you to be present with me as we solve the puzzle of being human together with all of the light, all of the shadow, all of us, all of us are welcome here. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.